Sarah. He's great. He, he seems lovely. And Did we know this before? And I forgot because I'm on a list. No, right it's one of those no, things where like it's this like is news to us, but it's yes, good news. Breaking news. We love this. Is, this. This, is, this, is, <laughs> this is a this real is bit huge. on news. This is the bit on news. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. It may not sound like it, but yes, I'm Allison Lucan with about half a voice, but a heart full of fun and pride and joy because I am delighted to be joined by someone who's always beautiful. But this person posted a picture on New Year's Eve and I was like, I'd sleep with you. The hottest girl <laughs> in the world, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you? Wow. Yeah. Um, Nate, the photographer, captured a really good angle, I think. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am fabulous. I'm three days into dry January and I feel very energetic. That's awesome. Inspiring and so cool and still very hot. I think I was like messaging. I'm like, you're so hot right now. <laughs> I loved it. All right. Side anyway. parts back, baby. <laughs> we would not be many <laughs> men without the incredible, the in her shine moment, because the inaugural season of the new professional women's hockey league is upon us. And there are a few I turn to other than the incredible, the all-knowing, the insightful Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi. You look beautiful. This is such a nice Thank angle you. and lighting. Oh, wow. I feel like it. I'm in like my porcelain princess era. Like, oh, this is I look like a ghost right now. And but that's that's fine. You love well, a porcelain I princess. Think you look, yeah, I think you look beautiful. Thank you. I think you look amazing. And perfect placement of your burn book there behind you. That's nice. Gotta that's have really the nice. Too Many Men merch. That's very good. We'll get to that too. All right. I'm going to make y'all do most of the talking because again, I, I, guys, I apologize. I, I feel fine. I don't know what happened. It left me halfway through or halfway through the final period of the Kraken's game on Friday and we're desperately searching for it, but who's to say? Um, we will bear on and we will bear on in Sarah Sivian's favorite segment. Sarah, what time is it? Bit-O News. Ooh, sultry. I love it. Yes, Bit-O News time, my friends. Uh, this is... Older news, but we know that some of the All-Stars are going to be announced tomorrow or today, as you listen to this, on Thursday, um, as some of the insiders are reporting. And that is that the 2024 NHL All-Star skills will feature eight events and a $1 million prize. Last I saw, and you guys keep me honest, we do know that there will also be some women participating, but those details are not yet fully formed or at least public. Sarah, do you like the added incentive and a little bit of a change? Maybe not as crazy as last year. I was a fan of the dunk tank myself, but what do you think of some of the changes coming to the all-star game this year? Yeah, I love the draft. I think that makes it fun because I love to see it. The best of NHL personalities come out when they are either talking about each other, ribbing on each other or complimenting each other. So the way that they have to pick each other and there's no way out of it. I, I love it. I think it says a lot who you want to play with. Right. And it's not that deep, but I think with the added incentives, it kind of is more deep and there might be a few like Nylander might end up going. And he, of course, cause it's Toronto, it'll probably end up happening. And he <laughs> has never, believe it or not, been to an all-star game before and there might be a lot of firsts. So I'm looking forward to that. 
one of my few claims to fame, and I'm certainly not the only one, but I covered the last NHL player draft. It happened in Columbus, and it was honestly a blast. I'm so on board with what you're saying, Sarah. Shana, what are you looking forward to in the 2024 All-Star Game? I definitely am pumped about the draft. I think it's a chance to see player personalities. And like, I know there's the concern of like, no one wants to go less. Like players, like, I don't know, Alex Ovechkin wanted to be less and it added an element of fun to it. So anytime that we can have something entertaining, that's a plus. The other thing is, I mean, I do love the idea of having specialists for events, right? Like you want to see the player with the hardest shot, sure. But to have the competition kind of matter a little bit and you have the players select who they think is the best of the best and have them go head to head and have it matter is going to be more fun than whatever the fuck last year was. And hopefully it's not just that the events are like a little bit cleaner than it was, but the pacing, because the pacing was really awkward last year. So hopefully it's like everything's going on in the arena and we're not making the crowd in the arena watch a video for 45 minutes. And this is awkward and no one knows when this event is starting and stopping. So if they can get that right, I feel like this could be the best skills competition they've had in a minute. Well, we will. None of us are going this year. Is that correct? Sarah, are you going? No, it's too hot, <laughs> too, too hot, too cold up there. <laughs> Someone can sponsor me, pay for me. I'll go. But Listen, that, people. it's amazing. It's in Toronto, the center of the universe. But they know that the three of us can't be there because then we're <laughs> going to take attention away from the Leafs and nobody mm-hmm. can do that. It would be too powerful. It'd be the too many men vortex and few can handle that. <laughs> Not even Austin Matthews. All right, uh, let's move on to a little bit more timely news. And let's start with something that happened just most recently. And this was right before the calendar turned to 2024. And that was in a game between the Wild and the Jets. Um, There was a high sticking call, um, but the dirt underneath it was that after the call in the game, Cole Perfetti came out and said that Ryan Hartman told him that he was high sticking him in retaliation um, for earlier trans perceived transgressions and said that it was caught on Mike. However, as clarified by Jeff Merrick later as part of the collective bargaining agreement, no information caught on Mike'd players may be used against them in any sort of punitive measure. And so as a result, Ryan Hartman has been fined the, I believe, allowed maximum of a whopping $4,400. I did not see this go down live because I was in a swirl of winter classic craziness for all the right reasons. But Shayna, what do you make of this? Would we have cared as much if we didn't know the information that Cole Perfetti shared? Would we have cared even less if we didn't know that it was in fact caught somewhere on an audio track? If people get up in arms about anything in the NHL, it is stuff that has to do with like discipline. Like if you post a controversial hit, a high stick, anything of the sort, people do go off the rails. But I don't think it would be as big. It would be like a dunk on player safety for like the fines being so menial at most, but not anything else because it does change the complexion of it a little bit. If you know the player deliberately did it, obviously people are going to want him to have to pay for it a little bit more. I don't necessarily disagree with the rule that they that they can't use the the streams from the microphones. Like if you're a player, why would you agree to it if anything could be used against you that you say? Like it makes all the sense in the world that the players, if anything, I'm giving credit to the players association for actually doing something that supports the players for a change. Like that that's something that shocks me that was actually put in there because it feels like at every 
turn, they do something wrong. And you're like, does anybody want to help the players? And this was pre Marty Walsher. So, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, there on that. Like I get it. Sarah, do you change any rules as a result? Do you, would you go on the word of the player, even if the audio isn't admissible or is the right decision what came as what was handed down for punishment? I think people really, really have this warped opinion that there can be 100% accuracy when it comes to um, fixing things and when it comes to like penalizing people. And we live in reality. We're all human. So I think that there's going to be room for error. And I think if you want players to be mic'd up, like maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I genuinely think like, if you want them to be mic'd up, and this is like one of the only, speaking of personality, it's one of the only times you get to see personality where they're actually being funny. They are clearly comfortable being mic'd because of rules like this. I will take the personality and cut losses over something like this because it is kind of the culture the league has cultivated with retaliation and things of that nature. So I think if we want to keep players mic'd up and have fun, then you got to let this one go. But if you don't, like if you are a stickler for the rules, you're going to find that this is actually going to be more boring of a sport. (laughs) Also, like with the NHL, the NHL, I feel like I don't want to say they want players high sticking each other, but this is what they're. Why would you do a home and home game? for two division rivals if you didn't want this you want spice you want players getting into it because that draws eyes and that that that's just the name of the game of the nhl you could look at the schedule all the time and they do that so i feel like they knew exactly what they were trying to aim for and this is the result like you can't if you're the league you have to be like oh yeah of course there's going to be spice when teams play each other literally 24 hours apart now let me ask you this i believe it was mike russo's reporting that players on both teams are made aware of any players or staff wearing a mic before a game begins. So do we think that Hartman was aware and didn't care? Or do we think he forgot? Or do you think it's just not even on the table as far as his decision to say shit and then go ahead and, and commit the high stick? I'll either I would guess he for, I'd for guess that I, I forget. Huh. I would <laughs> guess that he forgot um because it's probably not front of mind like you're playing you're in the moment you're heated like that's all you're thinking about I don't think I'd be like oh shit don't say this to someone like he seems like someone that is like at the ready to talk shit the second the opportunity arises and if you want to stick it to a player like literally after sticking it to a player like be like yeah I meant that Sarah you agree or disagree yes in the moment comma heated one might call it the heat of the (laughs) moment and that is definitely what he was in so you just you're a professional athlete making money doing what you do so definitely think he just it wasn't in the forefront of his brain (laughs) well let's move on i'm here for it i thought it was fun and i do like to see these moments behind the scenes um it's a lot better than when we just hear go 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 wheel 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 come on come on come on big hit so here we are. <laughs> like, do we need to wow. even play? You know, like how the broadcast, we're like, let's play the hit. And you can hear the sounds of the second period. And it's like, when there's nothing there, it's like, do we need to, are we oversaturating it by even using those clips? Like, should we just wait till there's something good, then use it? Yes. yes. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. All right. Let's shift uh, to a completely different organization. Um, and that is the Ottawa Senators, one that has been through constant states of change and most recently uh, right before the turn of the calendar again um, they announce some front office changers Steve Seos, 
who many had kind of assumed was eventually going to be the officially named general manager is now that, along with being the POHOP, the president of hockey operations. Um, Dave Poulin joins the team as senior vice president of hockey operations. And Ryan Bonus is named as the team's associate, not assistant, associate general manager. Um, again, this front office, this bench crew has gone through so much overhaul. I personally, without delving into the credentials of or of not of these individuals, I kind of like that the senators are getting some stability and saying these are our people so they can start to enact on a plan versus quote unquote waiting and, and wasting what can be valuable time, particularly an upcoming trade deadline. But Sarah, what did you make of these moves for the senators? Were you surprised? And do you like them? I think it's time to do something. I kind of actually like the way that they are not being react. I mean, they need to be a little more reactive, but they aren't being super reactionary because it, it is a testy situation where you're like, what actually is the issue with this team right now? But I have to say on a personal level, I biased level, I guess I love Ryan bonus. He's a friend of the pod secretly. He likes what we're doing and maybe he'll bring some like, I know he's whoa, whoa, Rick's whoa, whoa. son. This is huge. Yeah. We got a friend of the pod in How do we know this? Um, he told me. Yeah. Sarah, He's great. He, he seems lovely. And... Did we know this before and I forgot because I'm on a no, list? No. Right it's one of those no, things where like it's this like. This is news to us, but it's yes, good news. Breaking news. We this love is, this. This is, this is, <laughs> this is a this real is bit of news. This is the bit of news. The senators remain America's team. But yeah, he's wow, he's wow, wow, really wow. encouraging of women in hockey. So it's actually cool that Ottawa has a, a team too of um, the PWHL, but we'll get into that later. And I hope to see him a little involved, but I don't know. I'm happy for him. He's for diversity and inclusion. And maybe that'll bring some good vibes that are much needed. And we'll give the senators some good favor, all technical stuff aside. I, I, I'm still, I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> Ryan, come on the pod. I mean, my gosh, gracious me. I, I, I don't, I'm mind blown emoji. Shana, what did you make of this move before you had the realization that we now yeah. have an insider track? Well, now that we have a friend of the pod <laughs> and we're going to get the Ottawa Senators to sponsor us, the official sponsor of Too Many Men, every time that they take a Too Many Men penalty, they're going to have to donate personally to us. Thank you. Treat yourself. Yes, One, two, that's, three. That's, um, that's, that's really the motivation here. Um, <laughs> You know what? I like the stability aspect of it. I feel like if any team needed it, it's the senators from the ownership sale to what I think we all expected to be changes behind the bench and changes with management. And sometimes they took a little bit longer than expected. And when Steos was named interim GM, I think we were all like, he's the best person available. I like that they conducted a search though and came back to the conclusion like, no, 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 you're the one. And I think that's like, that's fine. How many times do we see coaches get the interim tag and then get a contract extension after, you know, they kind of try out the job a little bit. And obviously ownership already knew that he was very good. So it's not like, and it's not like they pick someone that's someone that's been around the NHL forever that has on their fifth team right now. Like he's, he's a different perspective. So I think this is a good move for them that they really need. And I really want to see what this team can do because it feels like so many times we see teams like miss their window completely. The players are aged or the contract situation. Like it feels like they really are in a position that if they can take this moment and really drive it home, like they'll be in great shape. It feels like they're doing things at, it does feel like it's a little late because we all want to see them move forward this year versus like, or last year at the playoffs. Right. But like, it feels like they, they kind of knew when you had to just stop the bleeding. So a lot of credit to them for that. 
You guys, I, I'm going to blow your mind. Are you ready for this? Yes. Do you remember when Toronto was taking so many too many men penalties and I was on the road trip with the Kraken and I was in Toronto and we were like, come on, Toronto, don't lead yes. us astray. And then they didn't take a too many men penalty. But do you know what happened after the game in the Senator, Toronto? How many, how many did the Senators take that game while you were in the building? One. They were sending <laughs> us that. the bat signal. We should have known <laughs> that this was coming. Mm -hmm. You got to pay attention. Head on a swivel. <laughs> Sorry, Edmonton Oilers, well, you're team. out this year. <laughs> yeah. They're America's team again, and we believe in them for the turnaround next year. I, Better I, luck next year. We should have totally known this was coming, you guys. I can't. I was sitting here as you were talking. I was like, there was one on the road trip and it wasn't Toronto. I think it was Ottawa. I love that this is the, the the thing to remember from the road trip, too. It's not like, oh, Bjorkstrand scored this game or whatever. They won this game. No, no. We remember the most important details of it. The team like, penalty. Because I was searching for the call. I was waiting for it to happen. Did they call it as too many men, do you remember? Or was it the too many players that we're hearing all the time now? Ooh. No, I do believe it was too many men. There we go. Bad signal confirmed. See, now we know. Now we fucking know. Okay. Auto Senators got Allison to drop an F bomb. <laughs> Less than 20 minutes into the podcast. The real friends we made along the way, the Auto Senators. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our next bit of news. Um, and Shane, I'm going to have you run with this first, um, with it being a bit um, coming out of the Rangers. And that is that Philip Hedel has returned to Czechia as he continues to deal with his concussion recovery um tell us more about this and how should we take this as news both on the player and just the overall situation of of how individuals have to deal with something that is so unpredictable to return from i feel like at first glance you hear that news and it sounds 10 times more concerning for the player but i think that they're hoping that this is something that will ease the like having the comforts of home will help his recovery it's just honestly such an unfortunate situation like you forget how many concussions a player has had and what a young player he has. And he's had numerous documented concussions at the NHL level. He's had them outside the NHL level. Um, injuries have not been his friend. And you, the, I didn't do a thumbs up, but thank you. Oh my God, it happened. That bubble? I don't, I've never gotten one before. Oh, oh, it's, I, do you have to be talking while you do it? I don't maybe, know. This is, maybe. this is so odd. See, they wanted some levity. I think so because you're the captain now. There, see, there, there's my hand up. Anyway. Go ahead, anyway, <laughs> um, I just think it it's so important for him to do what's best for him to work his way through this recovery, not for his and not even for the Rangers, just for himself, because you want someone to have quality of life after an NHL career. So I really hope that everything is done and at the right pace for him. If he can return, that's great and wonderful for him, obviously. But if he can't, but this is what's for the best for him, that's important, too. So it's just going to be interesting to see. I, I feel like we don't often see players return to their home country to deal with concussions. Like it, it feels like they're usually around the team or they're just home. So I, I hope this helps him because it just feels like his NHL career has been so daunting from like an injury perspective. Sarah, did this news have any, not that it didn't have any, but what impact did this news have on you when you heard it? Yeah, it just sucks, but you really hope that he can fully recuperate and make a comeback. I I like that players are having a little more agency and say ever since the pandemic, I think they're like, okay, I'm going to go back to 
where I'm comfortable. I don't know. I just think about David Krejci too. Like he left with his family to kind of have more family time during the pandemic. And then he came back to the NHL. Like there used to be some rigid unspoken rules and now it's more like, okay, I think agents are probably getting a little better and there have been rules that have been shown through the pandemic that you can use to your advantage now where it's like, okay, if that horrible thing happened, my, you might as well kind of benefit it from now, now from a worker's standpoint. So I don't know, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but I hope he recovers and comes back and I'm glad he feels comfortable doing what he needs to do. Absolutely. We wish him, if nothing else, a full recovery to full health, because at the end of the day, just look at my voice. That's, that's all you have. <laughs> Without it, you're a mess. <laughs> Um, but we wanted to bank some time to talk about what was a really, really exciting start to the new year because it was the launch of the PWHL, the Professional Women's Hockey League. Very exciting. Again, I've been playing catch up thanks to tremendous coverage from people like the Ice Garden, the Victory Press and Shayna Goldman, Goldman, among others. Um, but Walk us through this. The two of you were able to take in a lot more than me. So I'm just going to turn the floor over to the two of you and tell us some of your highlights, your favorite memories, things that stand out. It was great to see that even with not a lot of formal broadcasting options in the U.S., there were some in Canada, that there was so much attention being paid. Uh, Shane, I'll let you start first. Okay, so I think there was a lot of conversation about where we can consume games, and it was a little bit last minute in the U.S., but it's so encouraging to see that, you know, in places where teams are, they're actually going on regional sports networks. Like, that's huge. To be able to flip on MSG and watch New York play the other day was really exciting. To go on NESN and you'll be able to see Boston later. Like, that's what you want to see. And yes, we're used to, like, ESPN Plus for the PHF, but to have live streams and full archives, which is so important, um, on YouTube is incredible. And you saw the numbers, thousands of people consuming these games. I think that's just so important to have it be accessible. And, you know, I think it's a really good start when there was a little bit of concern of like how this is going to work because it was thrown together so quickly. So that for me was exciting. And then you have like the game itself. Uh, and they were both really entertaining so far. You saw New York stomp all over Toronto, uh, which was interesting because I feel like people always think of like Toronto as like a team to beat and they have that Hockey Canada vibe with Gina Kingsbury but I feel like they actually might be one of like the worst teams of the bunch so I'm really curious to see how um how everything shakes out this season like I I think New York could be like a sneaky good team and you have teams like Boston Minnesota kicking off tonight and I feel like they're both going to be like contenders to watch. Sarah what stood out to you? Yeah, not to make it too much about the NHL, but I thought I saw a tweet that was funny that was like, it's really great of the PWHL to show regional fans what they can expect because the um, Ottawa team lost in a in an overtime and the Toronto team lost. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> like you like to think Toronto is the center of the universe, but guess what? It's not. And I hope the reporters are as annoying for the women's team because that's when you know it's legit. And I really loved, um, oh, there was one comment from, I will find it right here. Oh, from, Carla McLeod? Yes. Yeah. Um, the, and like you said too, the Toronto scrum, the pictures of it. Yeah. That's what you want to see. Like the amount of media coverage yeah. this is getting off the bat. Like it feels, it's not, it's not the start of women's hockey. It's not the first professional. It's none of that. And that's Okay but it feels different mm -hmm. and it's just really great to see. 
there's really high quality and there's just an essence to it that is great. Like people are selling out, thousands of people are watching and preferring to watch it over the slew of NHL games. Yes, head coach of Ottawa, Carla McLeod said, we need you to keep telling our story, please. And we'll keep providing the content and the fisticuffs along the way. Like it, they, these games got heated. There's some hitting that's a borderline fighting. And it's very, very exciting to watch just from a sporting standpoint, not to just support women in sports. It's like, no, to watch a fun product and it's done really nicely. And he outfits getting into the arena have been already iconic and Natalie Spooner's tinsel yes. like in yes. her team colors like okay yes. that was a look and Toronto tagged me in that one and I was like all right fine I, I, I liked Michaela Grant Mentis is the best she had this beige three-piece going on and it just looked so good on her but everybody I want to see Hillary and I, I know she's gonna have some streetwear she's coming oh, yeah. making her debut in Boston tonight so I am looking at that yeah and to build I'm, on I'm, I'm, I'm Sorry, to, build, to build on what you said, Sarah, this was something that was in our little chat last night. And this is from at Saucy Rockets on the Twitter. And she said, this is my first time watching pro women's hockey where it doesn't feel like a labor of love, having to tolerate bad camera angles, wonky streams, bad lighting and visual obstructions to watch athletes I love. I was just watching hockey on TV like any other pro sport. So cool. Yep. Like there's things we're going to want to see. I'm going to want a shot counter and I'm going to get nitpicky and I'm going to start whining about that assume. But the fact that it's like, here are games, here is a schedule. Here's how you can watch it. it. It's just nice. And it was tough last night because there were a lot of games on and you know, like that can sometimes dominate things in NHL, but like it felt like the right amount of attention was being put on that Montreal Ottawa game, which deserved it. And tonight there's a more open schedule. So I really hope that they play off that, right? Because we know the NHL has those like light nights. I really hope like next year when we see the schedule put together, it's like, okay, Friday night, we can corner that because there generally is only, you know, three NHL games. Like that will be great. Tonight is Boston, Minnesota. I am thrilled that my attention can be so narrowly on that because I think that's going to be a banger matchup. And we have to shout out it. Well, first also something else that was really cool to see and Shana or Sarah, you posted this for us too, was, Going to Elite Prospects, the home of some of your elite content, Elite <laughs> Prospects, Elite Content from Sarah, look at the synergy, was looking at trending players last night and seeing just as many women's players as men's players. And now you've got World Juniors going on, NHL hockey going on, and the Women's League kicking off. And to see that presence, I thought was outstanding to show it's generating the interest exactly like it should. Exactly. Yeah. It shows not just that people are watching, but that there's new fans watching, which is really awesome. And you know what? I saw another thing. There's so much good content out there and yeah. you should follow the OGs and just be a part of the fun. But I saw a tweet that was like, you know what? I'm sick of the, the notion that this is for anybody that's a kid sitting in the stands. Like, no, this is for people that didn't get to play professional women's hockey. This is for people that were at the top of their game and couldn't too. This is for us in the stands. And I really liked that. I mean, I'm not, I still think it is for the little girls being like, oh, I can grow up and do whatever I want. But at the same time, it is for the OGs and it is for people that have been fans of this and has have deserved to not have it be a labor of love for so long. But I did think it was awesome that elite prospects, like people are looking up these players and having interest in like the story behind it and not just watching it. That shows like 
interest in a storyline and players to watch. So it's like you can see longevity and a fandom with that. Yeah. And I, th- I think NHL teams are doing a good job too. Like this was something else we were talking about last night. You know, Pittsburgh doesn't have a team, but their sports network will be carrying these games. They've always been a great supporter of women's hockey. You have the MSG 150. They would play PHF highlights or women's world highlights all the time. You see them now. Here's New York highlights and New York sports stations were playing highlights from the game, you know, on um, Monday. You're seeing the Red Wings last night in a way I appreciated. Like a lot of the time we see that reference of like, well, this is, you know, oh, it's JT Confer's sister, Jesse. And it was like, here is a highlight. We're showing you Jesse's team is in action. This is Jesse Comfort in parentheses, JT's sister. And then they told you about her game. And then they, you know, let you know how you can watch. And then they flipped to JT talking about how proud he is of his sister for this and what a moment this is for their family. And it was like, it fit in the right way. Like if you're going to have those links, that was a great way to do it because now you're saying, Hey, Red Wings fans, by the way, this new player that joined our team this year has a sister who's a professional. If you didn't know, and you can go watch her thrive too. Like he's always been a great supporter of his sister and the Colorado avalanche, I think always nailed it, but it's nice to see that carry out to Detroit when they don't have a team. Well, and speaking of references, we may have the new tagline of 2024 because our good friend on the Twitter, Tic Tac Omar, who's an excellent supporter and promoter of GIF-based coverage, um, put a GIF out of Laura Stacy scoring last night and said, score goal and Selly with your fiance. To which a, and I will shout out friend of the pod, Rob Mixer, who calls these usernames first name, safe bank code as their username, responds with her fiance is there, didn't see him behind the glass. To which someone else responds, her fiance is number 29 Poulin. She's gay, Marcus. And I can't, I can't. It makes me laugh so hard, Sarah. It was so perfect. You had a reaction to this. Yes, she's gay, Marcus. That that's gonna be on t-shirts everywhere, I really hope. And it's a really great example of just an inside joke and turning kind of some ignorance that maybe wasn't malicious. I mean, the guy's watching and he's like trying to be active, but turning in it into a playful joke where it's like, okay, let's get used to the fact that there's so much fun drama in this sport because a lot of the athletes are married to each other. <laughs> Like, I I think that's such a fun aspect and it adds to competitiveness. And I think, and it just shows forces people that might not, despite their best efforts, think a certain way to open their mind and be like, oh yeah, maybe she's not married to a man. It was so good. It was so good news. Anything else you guys want to say about the opening weekend that's still going on of the new women's league? Just, you go first. I'm excited to be, a fan and to actively participate in discourse on the internet. Like, I'm not sure I'm going to be covering. I might do a couple like feature stories for elite prospects on the Boston team. Cause I mean, it is going to be fascinating to see Hillary Knight, like come back after being on ESPN and things like that. And after she's came out and I I think that's going to be something that's important for the sport, the league humanity. I don't know. I'm proud to have her here, but also I'm excited to just watch a high quality product and care. And care. I love Rich it. Walk, <clears throat> Rich walked in. Sorry. So I was like, he was <laughs> any, like coming in the door. <laughs> any closing um, thoughts, Shane? 
Yeah, you know what? I feel like there's been a million excuses over the years on why people don't get into women's hockey, which generally come down to the fact that you just don't care about women's hockey, but they'll say, you know, there's too much drama, there's this going on, or it's not best on best, and I don't know how to follow it, or it's not easy to watch. Well, guess what? Here is your best on best league, and it is just starting, and it's already fucking awesome. Yes, there are flaws, and there's going to be wrinkles along the way, but guess what? They were in the NHL too, and there still are, and they've been around for over 100 years, so I don't know what to tell you about that, but it is readily available for people to watch on cbc and tsn and sportsnet in canada and here on regional sports networks and live on youtube for free you can watch that on any on your phone on the computer you can stream it to your tv every tv generally has an app for youtube like there's no excuse not to watch so just do your homework and go find out the schedule and pick out your favorite player and team because there are amazing players and some really cool teams so like there's there's literally no reason to not support the game Yes, we will continue to bring you the best coverage that we can, um, mainly fed by Sarah and Shana, since they are able to have better boots on the ground there than me at this moment. But I'll be tuning in as much as I can. We've talked about the women. There's now a team screaming in conflict that they haven't gotten the spotlight yet. So Shana, what time is it? How does it affect the Leafs? It is time to talk about how does it affect the Leafs, y'all. There is some goaltender chaos. Uh, Ilya, Ilya Samsonov has been waived and sent down to the AHL uh, via many reports. That is not with the intention for him to play, but to spend some intentional work uh, reclaiming his game and feeling confident in how he can play. Um, but Martin Jones has come in and has been taking over the majority of the net now. I saw Martin Jones be a huge part of the Kraken surging last season. And I think like any player, as they get later in their career, this is a player who is really strong when they're at the top of their game, but may not have as much gas in the tank as they did when they were younger. Um, so he can certainly be a solid backstop for now, but the results aren't necessarily there yet with the Leafs. As I count very quickly, losing five of their last eight, six of their last, what is that? Five of their last eight, six of their last nine. So- nice. <laughs> damn it <laughs> Shit. that was really good Sarah good job <laughs> too many men points for you uh Sarah what do we make of the Leafs what do we what do we ever make of the Leafs I I think Jones could be like a Curtis McElhaney type figure like with the Hurricanes a few years back where he comes in and is more of a calming presence which can be sometimes even better than being a young and, ex I don't know, like the spin zone when it comes to the Leafs. I mean, they've tried, the one good thing is they've tried pretty much everything else in net and it's not their fault that injuries are happening and that players are regressing or not being what they were cracked up to be right now. But I like having an option that is an older proven person. Shayna, with all that doom and gloom and hand-wringing over goaltending, the Leafs are still third in the Atlantic and solidly in a playoff spot with 43 standings points. Although Flyers are with 43 standing points as well, holding the first wild card, Washington Capitals with 42. And there's a whole bunch of teams right after that in the 40s or right at 40 points. Austin Matthews has been scoring. Willie Nylander is Willie Nylander. What do you make of the Leafs' futures given what's going on mainly in net? I think they're still a playoff team and it helps that 
they don't have as much pressure as they could within the division because teams like the up and coming, you know, like Atlantic teams didn't pop and the lightning have a lot of flaws. Like that's going to buy them a little bit of breathing room. It also helps that they have elite talent, even when Mitch Marner isn't at his best, which he hasn't been this season. He's still very good. And Matthews is taking it upon himself to like be the game breaker. It was Nylander really to start the season. We're seeing Matthews pick it up. He's shooting from closer. He's shooting more frequently and Oh, look, he would have it. He has the results because he is incredible. Like it's great to see, but there are issues on the back end. I feel like that they showed enough patience with the defense to see it get a little bit healthier that now they can really figure out like, what do they need to do? Because I feel like someone like Jones, once he gets going, maybe he'll be okay. Like he was for the Kraken last year, but it's like, that is going to last you so long. So you need to like get out of that before that comes crashing down. The thing that just keeps popping in my mind about Samsonov, it's like, yes, he had a great season last year, but I just can't help but think of like, look at how smart the Capitals were to go. We're not keeping Samsonov or Vanacek. They, that was, it was like one could give them the key saves and one could give them some saves, but they weren't getting, you need like that combination of both. And you see both of them pop off last year and have great years. And that's great and wonderful. But both of them have completely crashed down this year. It tells you one, how hard goaltending is to evaluate, but like maybe they had a point. So it's, it's, it's even worse for the Leafs, but I mean, the bright side is they didn't commit to him long-term. We will see how goaltending affects the Leafs going forward, uh, but we will move on because we know we have listeners who tell us we talk about the Leafs too much, which is exactly the point of the segment, <laughs> but here we are. Um, with some hockey talk, there was a huge event uh, just on the 1st of January when my city, Seattle, proudly took center stage hosting the Winter Classic, the 15th in the Winter Classic series, and posted on the back of Joey Decord the first ever shutout in Winter Classic history, blanking the Vegas Golden Knights 3-0. Uh, our dear friend of the pod, Piper Shaw, and I tried to do a couple boots on the ground. Thanks to Piper for carrying the load on speaking, because on some of those days, my voice was even worse than this. Um, but before I share my thoughts, which I'm just so proud of the organization, the team, the city for showing up as well as they did. It was really, really cool and special to be a part of. Um, share your thoughts on how the whole weekend and event looked from the outside. And Sarah, I'll let you have the floor first on your takes from the Winter Classic. Yes, I think, and I wrote about this in the style rankings today, that no matter if you thought the Kraken were, too, like if you're bitter that your team hasn't hosted a Winter Classic yet and you think the Kraken are too young, you cannot deny the absolute show that they put on, not just from a visual standpoint, that was awesome. It also just like showing that hockey belongs in Seattle and Seattle belongs in hockey. I thought it was really great to see all of the little details of players get into it and all of the like fisherman aspects of it marshawn lynch like a little bit of everything seattle i was a big fan of it shana what were your takeaways yeah i, I feel like seattle made it an event which is what you want to see i feel like these outdoor games the nhl is getting worse and worse at promoting i feel like this was one of the like least hyped up winter classics in a minute but i love that the local teams are like, that's no problem. We're going to make this special. And it feels like Seattle did exactly that. Like they nailed it with the jerseys, the overall look, and even Vegas looked better than I expected them to because I didn't love the jersey. It's it's amazing. I, I love it. I'm, I keep looking at the hats and I'm like, I kind of want one, but I do love the stripes. So I'm like very torn, but I just feel like it, the vibes that you could get, like 
for me personally, would I want to go to a winter classic as a spectator or as a writer? Probably not. But do I think it's amazing for the players and then for the fans, if you can build up that experience that maybe make up for like crappy sightlines? Like, yes. And it feels like Seattle did that. So I just think it was really great from that perspective. And I also loved it for Decord, like the shutout, his post-game interview, everything about it, loved it. Yeah, it was really cool. And what I don't know if it showed on the broadcast, but like there were other little like side sets, right? Like there were a couple lakes and there was a mini rink and there was a stage. And like during the game at one point, like Bowie was over like fake swimming in one of the lakes. Like there was just so much that I thought they did a really nice job of if you couldn't necessarily see the game up close, there were other things to pay attention to and to entertain you. And it was just it was really, really, really cool. The 50-50 raffle raised $200,000. That's insane. So um, just a really cool uh, weekend. And then obviously a very important win for the Kraken. They always haven't had the best luck against Vegas. And I was very impressed with how the Kraken were able to control that game. And, and really, I mean, it didn't look like any Vegas team I've seen before, it was kind of shocking how effective the Kraken were. And they need those points if they want to make a push for the playoffs. So good for them in that. Anything else you guys want to talk about with the Winter Classic? Well, besides the game itself, because that's at the end of the day, it's like a standard game and like you have work to do. But like, how was it covering everything leading up to that moment? Yeah, I think the coolest thing is the practice the day before. So if people don't know, if whenever there's an outdoor game, the day before, both teams practice on the ice, which is smart so that they can get sight lines and get comfortable with how things look and feel and even sound. Uh, Joey Decord told us that even like the sound matters because there's a delay in what the crowd sees and when they react. But anyway, um, after the practice, both teams get to bring their families or whoever they have who've come in for the game to come out and do a skate on the ice. And that's just really cool. You get to see players kind of just take it all in and take their little babies and their little kids around and little tiny baby Dumoulin who's like four years old was out there like hard on oh. the puck like it was the cutest <laughs> thing I've ever seen and coaches skating hand in hand with their wives and you get to see the players in awe of it too taking you know videos of, of the scene and everything so I think that was probably the most special moment was just seeing the pureness of it all before it got down to a game I think that was my favorite part. Does it feel like the players, like, I feel like we all talk about, like, our outdoor games oversaturated. It's, like, a good conversation to have, but do you think, like, the players appreciate it that much that it makes it all, like, worth it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, at first I was kind of like, yeah, 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 you know, oh, yeah, we're playing outdoors. But I think it actually is a big deal. And I think it may not even be because it was outdoors, but because you know you're on a big stage. And I think, of course, the Kraken won, so they're very happy, but to show up and show out like they did being the only game on that day. And I talked to some of the players today and they said it was really good ice compared to some of the other outdoor games they've been in. So I think that helped, but I think it matters. And I think they had fun with it, but took it seriously. And I think that's really impressive as well. And thank God, like the day after yesterday, it was like rainy and misty. Like Seattle just hit it perfectly the window that they needed to get the right weather to open up that roof so it was fun yeah it would have been so sad they were talking about they're like well you can cover part of the field but then the ice will still be out and I was like please yeah it's like the one event that you're like please keep the roof open yes yeah it turned out pretty good anything else do you guys have on winter classic stuff oh I got 
All I got. All she got. It was just fun to see you and Piper thriving. Like, I loved it. You guys were, like, pumping out content. And it was was fun to get, like, an actual, like, behind-the-scenes look at everything. Love Mm -hmm. that. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. All right. It is time, my friends, to end this episode and to end it as the way we always do with our very favorite game, our first of the calendar year 2024, and that is Fuck, Mary Kill. And we have a doozy going on in honor of all of the games going to overtime these recent days. Here is the game as I present it to you, Sarah Sibian. You are up first. Fuck, Mary Kill, games ending in ties. Switching up to the three two one point system so it'd be three points for a regulation win two points for a post-regulation win and one point for a post-regulation loss or option three it's all or nothing baby if you win no matter when you get two points and if you lose no matter when you get nothing your turn these are things that it's like we always want to seek a different solution to the problem. But then when you start thinking about it, it's like there's flaws in literally everything. I think I'm going to marry three, two, one. I just think it's the most sensible thing. It may, may not be the sexiest or the biggest change, but I think it is probably the most sensible when all is said and done. I'm going to. Mm, fuck the. Um, what is it? All or nothing or all the... All or nothing or a tie. Okay. I'm going to fuck all or nothing. I think that would be so fun and random. Like, I haven't even really considered that one, but I think it makes the stakes higher, Even, but it just sucks because overtime is so fun, but it's like... Well, you'd still have overtime. You just wouldn't get a point if you oh. lost in overtime. Oh, I don't know. Like, sometimes the verbiage of this stuff confuses me. In that case, I'm going to marry that. I'm going to fuck three, two, one, and I'm okay. going to kill the tie tie yeah it's just there's too many games and it's gonna get way too complicated if we do that Shayna, your picks i'll kill ending in ties um i think we all like a little finality to games and to like tie off the loose ends i know you can end in a tie in football i hate it um if you did that i would say like oh if you have like a 10 minute overtime or even a 20 minute overtime then it's like okay we have no choice but i still would be like there's probably a better way um I will fuck the all or nothing because I think it adds a lot more importance to regular season games it's in baseball if you go to extra innings guess what it's a win or a loss and when you're in the playoffs it's a win or a loss so for that I still would probably say get rid of the shootout though if you do that because I don't think you should have a crapshoot like a shootout so like there's there's it can't just be well take the game as it is and then give it all or nothing. Like, I think you need it that if you can't win in three on three, like, it, but then it has to keep going. So now you have like more things to consider. Um, But I just don't think it would be right to get all the way to the shootout and be like, nah, you get nothing. Um, But like, I like the idea, especially down the stretch, like playoff, like at the playoff race, like those games would be so much more important for tanking teams. They'd be so much more important. It wouldn't be just get it to overtime and see what can happen. Like, I, I personally love that, but I have to marry the three, two, one system. It is the most logical system um, because there are varying levels of importance to winning games. It makes each game still very important, but you don't get rewarded if you can't do it. Like 
I don't know. I, I just think that's the way to do it. I love that the PWHL is doing it. And I think we're going to get a nice, they have some nice rule changes like that in a true power kill. So we're going to see how they work out and then maybe it'll give us a better idea if it could work on the men's level. Yes. I am going to agree with Sarah because I feel like don't we, every time we run these things, like the three to one model doesn't severely affect the overall standings regardless. Yes. Like, that's why I'm here for all or nothing because like now it's like, you get the points or you don't like I feel like this is going to have more impact and swing things and I also think it would be really interesting from a analysis perspective because I feel like so many times when you have the team that pushes to the tie late like when you tie it up how much does that correlate to how close to the end of regulation that you tied up do you go on to win the game right like can you carry that momentum over I think that would be really fascinating to explore especially when the stakes are higher but I do agree with you, Shana, that all of this regardless would mean absolutely no shootout ever, period. Goodbye. We hate it. It's done. That's my opinion. I'm good with that. And I just listened to Pete Blackburn's podcast and Zach Wierenski was on and he agreed. He thought the shootout was dumb. So again, Zach Wierenski proving to be one of the smartest players on the planet. <laughs> Here we are. All right, my friends, that does it for us this week. We hope you all had wonderful holidays. We hope you all have a tremendous start to this new year, remembering that it doesn't have to be fantastic. It just has to be you right where you want to be right now, taking one step, one foot in front of the other at a time in whatever direction is meaningful to you. We're here with you regardless. If you would like to start off the new year with a little bit more style and you haven't already, check out our merch at too many merch.com. It's cold out, get a hoodie. You're, you want a drink, get a piece of glassware. You want to make resolutions buy a burn book or a notebook to write those things down. You want to know what time it is, buy a Too Many Men watch band for your Apple watch. We've got you covered. And if you just want to connect with us, you can do that too. We're at two underscore much underscore man on both the Instagram and the Twitter. We would love to hear from you. We have loved seeing everyone in their gear, going to the women's games, talking about Too Many Men calls. It's so much fun to see. We appreciate all of that. And we appreciate that in addition to doing what you can to support our fun little happy brand, that you would please try and support one another by doing something no matter how big or small to make sure that hockey truly is for everyone. Hopefully with my voice intact, we will talk to you soon. Love that and love you all. Bye.